Welcome to the $2 Commander Club, where we want to help you start playing the best budget commander variant out there. 2DH, the commander format where every card is $2 or less. We're going to give you the resources for getting started in 2DH, talk a bit about why the format is such a fun alternative to traditional commander, and eventually dive deeper into some of our favorite cards and strategies in the format. But first, we're going to give a bit of background on who we are and how we got started playing 2DH. As a group, we are Zach, Tom, Gordon, and I'm Steve. And we began playing 2DH about three years ago now. Trying to play regular Commander, Tom was newer to the format, and uh, myself and Zach were a little more experienced, Zach being a big-time Timmy player. I was there, too. And uh, so we're having trouble balancing the decks and people playing staples over and over again and getting priced out of fair matches. So uh, I was aware of 2DH. I think this is something that's popped up before and I've seen it on, uh, I forget if it was YouTube or Facebook or something, of a playgroup in Seattle that uh, plays that at Mox Boarding House. So uh, we can't take credit for being the uh, founders of 2DH, but that's where we saw it and thought we'd give it a try. Yeah, we pretty much loved it from the start. Uh, it's all we play, and I don't even own any non-budget commander decks at this point. So we want to share what we've all learned over the past few years so that you can start playing this awesome format as well. So uh, should we get into what the format actually is? Yeah, so again, 2DH is a commander magic variant where each of the cards in the main deck is $2 or less. I'm terming that now on air, the, the copper rule for 2DH. Copper rule. Uh, so, each of the cards in the main deck is $2 or less. Otherwise, same rules as traditional commander. 100 cards, 99 in the main deck, and one legendary creature that serves as the commander. Now, the one thing that there's some disagreement between us and the OG 2DH group at uh, Mox Boarding House is that they set a price ceiling for the commander itself where we do not. So, they say that your commander must be $5 or less. We say... Play with any commander your heart desires. Yeah, and ideally we'll standardize at some point. But I think where we're coming from is that commander price is often not super indicative of power level. Like a lot of the overpowered do-everything pre-con commanders are under $5, while a lot of wacky old set commanders are really expensive. We just think that the price restriction on the commander is sort of unnecessary and actually just closes off some interesting commanders. Any other rules I'm missing then? I think the big remaining part is like the how-to, like how to conform with the copper rule in a way that makes sense for your playgroup. I think we'll go more into that on a future episode, but for now the basics is that we use the Scryfall website and use the market price listed when constructing decks. And then we'll update decks, swapping out cards if they're over $2 when we notice their price jump. But we also just operate in the don't be a dick principle. Don't intentionally push the price limit on cards. And on the flip side, if you notice someone else's card has gone over $2, understand that it's likely not malicious and just ask them to swap it out for the next time. Okay, then so on to the real meat of today's episode. Why should you jump into 2DH? Reason one is the budget. Uh, it's cost effective and uh, you're able to build more decks cheaply. You can own more decks. You can own right. more decks. Well, then yeah. cheaply, uh, if you're, you're not spending $1,000 on uh, a bunch of decks, you can build any commander that you want and have that deck for uh, for budget games, and you don't have to take it apart to build another deck because the cards are cheap enough and you can just keep it together. And as it turns out, no one wants to shell out $80 for a Scalding Tarn. I do. <laughs> I kind of do. Especially not multiple Scalding Tarns if you like playing lots of is it decks. 
I think that was pretty straightforward, to be honest. Um, how about the another reason? I think reason two would just be balance and that put everyone on the same playing field so that we kind of knew where each other's decks were going to be when we showed up. Um, it's also potentially self-balancing uh, cards that are really good go over $2. I think it's the kind of the power level rule zero discussion when you sit down at a table now. It's kind of tough. Uh, the past few years, cards have been printed to make the format faster and faster and more expensive and more expensive. And uh, the power level between decks, uh, that range has really grown. So just playing it here, LGS becomes a little bit tougher to figure out, uh, kind of feeling out the table, especially if you don't know the people you're playing with. But if there's a defined format, then um, that can really help uh, balance the game from the start a little bit easier. Yeah, and we've been playing for a while. I guess I would say, would you would you say there's any strategies that have really become dominant overall? I don't think so. Um, and I think it's a little different too than what uh, in in traditional commander kind of strategies that become dominant, you know, things like uh, combo are a little disincentivized, a little harder to pull off in 2DH, but a little more kind of aggro battle cruiser style, um, which is, I would say from tracking our matches for about a year and a half, uh, if you want to check out our Twitch channel or YouTube, I think a lot of those videos are up there. Um, we, we don't have a lot of uh, decks that kind of tend to dominate over and over. It is it is pretty self-balancing in that way. And I, I think uh, what I was talking about there also gets us into the next reason um, that, that 2DH is a really cool format that we've enjoyed a lot is variety. Um, you, you would think that, limiting card, that you're limiting the card pool, right, by... By putting a cap on it but in what you're actually doing is um making a lot more cards playable because you're taking out those kind of top end staples that that everybody was was going to have in their deck anyway so rather than having maybe 80 cards that you actually have to play with you have more like 95 or something some of those staples in every is it deck or whatever are taken out i i'll say green ramp is still pretty good i think green um, ramp's still strong. That, that, you know but that's true and not much commander as well yeah, can't go wrong with Simic. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that my favorite part is uh, building the decks. That is what gets me most excited. And with Commander, I have so many options for Commanders, even if, you know, in CDH, it just wouldn't be viable. Uh, you know, like some of the cards I like are, you know, say Svela, for instance. It's a uh, Gruul Commander that isn't the fastest thing in the world, but... Uh, when you put it in a, a 2DH uh, format, then suddenly it becomes viable. Suddenly I can actually play with some of these cards that I love, but uh, just wouldn't be able to if I go to, you know, your local game store and I'm playing against, you know, an Urza deck, for instance. I think uh, this is really Zach's format. Drives in it. I'm keeping it going. No doubt. <laughs> um, I'll, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, build on what uh, Zach was saying, is that I think basically there's less of a difference in range of power on cards compared to non-budget. So uh, powerful cards are still powerful, but um, you know you have budget options that are much, much closer in power level to them. So it makes the format that more balanced instead of you getting absolutely blown out by, uh, you know, I don't know, Teferi's Protection or something where... Mm -hmm. You're not going to really see that in 2DH. Um, combat damage is probably kind of king and uh, probably the most reasonable or often win con, I would say. And have you ever had a card that you saw came out of a set, some rare, costs eight mana, doesn't do as much as it should, but you really wanted to play it, looks really fun, 
those cards are viable in 2DH, which is really great. Um, you don't have to cut them from your deck just because they're they're too weak and they don't belong in the curve. Um, I think that's another thing that sets it apart. And even, even compared to something like Popper Commander, you know, I personally love Popper. I have two Popper decks. I have a Popper Commander deck. The, the One of the issues with Popper, though, is, you know, the way they print cards. Common cards are just not at the same level of complexity as rare cards. So you're not going to get those kind of big, fun, splashy cards uh, at Common in the same way. Um, but you do get to play those in 2DH. You get to play the bad rares that have super fun and splashy effects. Yeah, I think it's a, kind of just like a throwback to going into your collection and putting together a pile of cards, and that'll work well enough. And we've had some cards in our playgroup that are uh, some decks in our playgroup that were almost that, right? Like your Gormal Drek deck and some other, uh, maybe even your Tulane deck way back in the day was kind of a, went through your collection, saw what looked good and threw it together. Yeah. I think Tulane actually, that was non budget kind of prompted. <laughs> <laughs> well, started to play 2DH. Tulane, this is not fun. Tulane kind of dominated, I think. Yeah, it's just an insane commander. But uh, yeah, going off what you were saying, I mean, jumping into old cards, Sturm said it before, we've been playing a very long time since I was probably like, I don't know, 10 years old, something like that. And a big thing for me is it's not just about the performance of the deck. I don't have necessarily the best time if I'm winning every single time. So I can take other things into account. Like, I mean, the art in Magic the Gathering is incredible. And that's something that I've always loved. So I can, you know, maybe if... Uh, I was playing a more expensive format. I would look at a card and say, you know, oh my God, this, this card looks so great. It's awesome, but it's just not good enough. It's not up to the standards that uh, would normally be there. But in 2DH, that opens it up where, you know, it, the deck doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfectly uh, efficient in order to be the best deck for you. I think a maybe a question here is, do we think that 2DH could get there? being kind of like a cutthroat format or do we think it'd stay at this level i think that's that's an interesting question that i wanted to bring up at some point uh mm -hmm. with you guys in terms of because we don't really i would say we're not necessarily trying to optimize our 2dh decks and, mm -hmm. and that's an interesting conversation maybe for another episode which is uh how mm -hmm. powerful could it get i mean you can play some commanders like um gave guru of spores you almost trip into a combo even if you're playing 2dh mm -hmm. but then the discussion is you know it's your guy's job to also kind of match that power level and does that get out of control even against the, you know, non-optimized decks that we have now? I, I don't know if that's, I don't know, because we're still playing, you know, a reasonable number of board wipes, interaction, removal. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily tutoring for combos as easily. Uh, it's not just not as consistent as it would be non-budget. Mm -hmm. I do think, um, like, Zach just finds power from playing uh, these pow powerful snowball-y cards sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but Stephen Gordon, I do, I do think that you guys have optimized a little bit in some cases and have come up with some pretty powerful strategies. Like I'm thinking of Gordon's Fuatuo deck, which is actually like very strong um, and not a traditional commander that you think that would do super well. Yeah, I think, uh, I think at heart we're both kind of value players, graveyard value mm -hmm. players. I can't um, help it. Yeah, I'm kind of on either end of the spectrum. I either like to play a graveyard value deck or I play a deck that just does something stupid and wins out of nowhere. And uh, there's not much in between for me. It's one or the other. And deck construction for that in 2DH is part of, it's more challenging, but that's part of what makes it fun to me. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, like I, one of my favorite decks to play is my Alesha deck, and that's something that would be easy to build uh, instant win combos in in non budget. Um, mm. In budget, it's a little harder to assemble things like that. Um, it's a little more seems a little fairer to the opponents too. They get to they can see it. You, there still exist infinite combos, but they can see it coming a little bit, have a little bit more chance to, and it takes a little longer to get it together. Yeah, I don't get quite as salty if somebody hits <laughs> me with a five card uh, infinite combo. It's not quite as bad as you know one of the two two card ones, and especially or, if they don't tutor for it, then it's or, or your combo is a ten ten gates and mazes on. But yeah, I mean, I'll admit when I first started playing Commander, it you know it really intrigued me even before two DH. When I uh, somebody told me about the uh, what is it EDH rack, I used to just you know click on a commander and basically go through all the top cards, what everybody was playing with it, and then got those cards and had that deck. And it really just didn't have the same feel. I didn't get the magic from it, uh, from just using basically somebody else's deck. For this, you kind of get to really make your own. It's it's a very personal thing, which mm -hmm. I enjoy. So I, I think the other thing, like our, our, our final reason here would be I, I know I've picked up some cards pretty cheaply that have actually gone up in price. I know Sturm, you're you're a little bit more into the the magic stocks. Yes, not, yes. not in a, a yes, but I follow you. Way, but, so, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of the experience with playing non-budget. So out of out of us, I probably played the most non-budget. So bringing that kind of perspective to it. But yes, if uh, if you ever need financial advice on cards, I believe Tom is the uh, Tom's the go-to. I think I bought in a lot of Fable the Mirror Breaker thanks to you. Which uh, yeah, I did not. <laughs> Wish I had, but I, I just think that's like a, a fun side benefit is that you're effectively forced to buy low on any card that you buy, and so when that that fifty cent card ends up to be a five dollar card just randomly, uh, it's a little bit of extra change. And maybe more importantly, you're never going to have the feels bad of buying sixty dollars on a for a crater hoof, and then it gets printed and drops to fifteen. Yeah, so I think that's kind of uh, the $2 uh, format in a nutshell, and we hope that you find it interesting and give it a shot. And, you know, we want to keep this conversation going, so where can they find more? Well, we're going to record a few more episodes, so be on the lookout for those unusual platforms, and uh, I'm sure we'll attach some socials for you guys, too, at some point to check out. Uh, and we'll announce our streaming schedule as we go along. We're also setting up a Discord to talk about the format, so feel free to uh, find us there. We can answer any questions, and you can share your own experiences with the format. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.